Hey, welcome to Late Night with Larry. I'm your host, Larry D. I'm here with my co-host, Vince. Give him a shout out, Vince. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Hey, there you go. And tonight, we're going to keep it on the Sasquatching subject. We were just going to talk tonight about the big thicket, which we've heard a lot of people talk about. And it's down in Texas, close to our, our Arkansas, Texas, Arkansas. I, I, I guess we would say East Texas area. East Texas. East, East by God, Texas. <laughs> so, like I was, I was talking with my brother Vince earlier, and the rumor is now we've never been down there, but the stories, the rumor is that the squatches down in East Texas are more aggressive than the squatches up in the Northwest up in the midwest it seems like if you hear about aggressive squatches it's mostly in the big thicket yes yes now uh we've heard a lot of uh sasquatch encounters from all over the country you know there's plenty of stories out there you could google it go to youtube other ipod or podcasts and the majority of them the 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 sasquatch they they don't want to be messed with they just turn and leave or in some instances they'll they'll actually escort you out of their territory and usually that's when there's young around but what makes the big thicket different to you what do you think well what makes it different to me is from the stories i've heard many people have went in there and not looking for sasquatch but just hiking camping and they go into remote areas and they never come back out they don't come out they're, they're, they're missing they're what's called uh, David Pilates who wrote wrote the book I do believe David Pilates don't quote me I could be wrong but he wrote the book 411 which talks about all the squatches in the thicket and how people oh, okay. are missing yeah and uh, many people are missing now they reported as maybe the hiker got lost or whatnot but from what I've read and some of the stories that I've seen on the internet and through other, like you said, podcast and uh, hearing personal interviews from people, they've went in and they've found the people's clothes. They've found shoes up in trees, pants. And, and what animal is going to put your shoes right. up in a tree? How does your it pants get there? Yeah. Shoe, right. And my thing is, why are the clothes off anyway when nobody around? Right, right. That's that's a strange one. You know, I don't know a whole lot about the big ticket. You know, I have heard some stories, but uh, um, I, I, I don't really understand what makes them more aggressive down there. Now, I have heard about... Uh, uh, missing people like in our national f- national parks right now i saw a special on it and you know a lot of people think that maybe it's aggressive sasquatch right. but there's there's no proof but it's it's just alarming the number of missing that go unreported really right and and my thing is if you come up missing and let's say it's a wild animal attack they're going to find your carcass cuz the animal's not going to consume the whole body right they they're, they're going to find pieces of you there so they could rule that but in, in these instances the people are just missing and they have no trace they are gone like they vanished absolutely right out of their clothes <laughs> yeah, so to say yes yeah, yeah. and i too wonder what makes the squatches in that area much more violent now some of the researchers that have went into this area have stated that you know they are aggressive they let you know that they're there they let you know they don't want you there and they do that by throwing rocks at you, 
throwing lumber at you, tree parts, and aggressively growling. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Vince, but if they were that aggressive toward me, I'd get the fuck out of there. Right. You know, I, I, I'd take the warning. I'd, I'd get the hell out of there. And I don't know. Some people, it's like the scary movie. You know it's a bad situation, but they go into it anyway. <laughs> they do. And there's m- more than one, uh, I want to say, squatcher down in the Texas area that says, come on down, we'll take you into the big thicket and show you that they're real. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to do that. No, if what I read about it is true, I don't know, because you stand a chance of not coming out. Yeah. And if one of those beasts you encounter and it comes up to you, you're talking six, seven, eight hundred pound beast that's capable of ripping you in half. Yeah. And even if you're in a a vehicle, man, they'll just pull you right through that door. (laughs) They'll pull the door off. Right. Really. And yeah, so that that makes me think. Is it the environment? Have people just messed with them too much? Or as Texas grows, are we encroaching on their land too much where they say enough's enough? Right. And that's what I was thinking. Maybe we're encroaching on both sides uh, and their habitat. Maybe they're cut off. Maybe there's not a whole lot of migration trails, you know, where they follow the game because of the the settlements and stuff. So they're in there and their their land has shrunk so they just want to fight to keep what they have you know well i mean i mean and that's a rational explanation because that's what anybody does when someone else comes and tries to take your land right you're going to fight for it you're going to be like no this belongs to me right because if you look at all the other areas where uh, the bigfoot or sasquatch have been sighted or or whatever some kind of interactions there's usually uh maybe like connection like the mountain range will go all the way to Canada or right you know they'll have a they could flee and get away if they want right. where over there maybe they feel they're backed into a corner I, I, yeah that that could be so and and that is a good explanation and that that brings me to question too you know they're in the big thicket but do they migrate out of there because I mean we know we've hear that they follow game trails and they migrate Right, and that's my point. Maybe they can no longer migrate out of there. Okay, well, that would make sense to me because it's like you cut me off, so we got to stand our ground. Right. But it it is interesting to see the number of people that have went missing in the big thicket and no explanation for them. Now, you know, I'm not going to get into saying, well, they were abducted by aliens or they were just a lost hiker. Well, if that's the case, you know, they'd be found. And, and like I said, the cl- they find clothing, clothing items, but they don't find nobody. Right, right. And, you know, some of them could be lost hikers because, you know, once you get into the forest, you know as, as much as I do how easy it is to get turned around. So they could be lost and trying to find their way out, but just getting more lost. They They could, they could, but... Takes me back to wonder when they do find clothing items right. and nobody, what happened? Yeah, yep. What happened? And people seem to think, people want to cry out that we know this is from aggressive squatches down there that that are going to kill you if you yeah. encroach too much. But then again, we hear about 
search teams that the U.S. military supposedly has that if this type of activity happens, they go in and they hunt them down. Right, they eradicate the problem. Right, uh, so there would be a lot of eradication going on down there. Right, and yeah, because you and I have both heard, a, I can't remember who it was. It was an ex, ex-military, it was an, an older guy, I think. Right. And he finally told the story about when they went in and hunted a, a clan because they started hurting the people that's right oh oh are, are you talking about the uh the story about the guy on his deathbed no no no, no. there was another one just he was oh, like okay. a, a special forces guy they went in and they they even told him if one pops in front of you you start shooting we can't help you that's you're on your own oh that's right i remember that yep and and there you go again so do they do go in and eradicate them when things like this happen? I, I suppose first they'd have to prove that it was a squatch. Right. And right now they can't. They find clothing items and they're like, well, we yeah. really don't know. You, you can't prove it if there's no evidence. Now, I've seen a video. I don't know if you've seen this video on YouTube. And I think the, the tourists, they were tourists in one of the national forests. They were filming... And as they were filming, I believe they were speaking Japanese. Okay. And it shows, it's clear. Now, I don't know if this is just like a setup or whatnot, but it shows like an older Squatch, and it had kind of like a hunchback. And they, I, I suppose it, it came toward and it attacked them because it, it, their phone just shows them running. And they never found them, but they found the phone is supposedly the story. And that's why we have that video. Wow. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that one. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. But that, I, I, I need to watch it because that's it's, interesting. It's a, tr- it's a trip. And it, it looks like it's an older Squatch. It's it's not bulky and muscular like they say the younger ones are. Right. It's skinny, like has like a hunchback. And you could tell this thing could be on its last leg. But it was aggressive, right? And I, well, the thing is, I believe they're they're like humans. They come in different shapes and forms. I, I like, uh, remember the video where they're down on that? Uh, I guess it's it's almost like an experimental place where they have the barn and the the cornfield. It's called the fence. Oh climate. yeah, the, the, the fence hopper. Yeah. The fence hopper. Yeah, that one was uh, it was tall, but it was lean and quick. You're right. Now you see the one like on the Patterson Gimlin film. It's a female, but it's uh, it's more bulky. Bulky. That that. One, that one had power. That one would rip you apart. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to tangle with that one. <laughs> yeah. But, and back to, uh, not to get off the big thicket, but that uh, new Sasquatch show, the Destination Bigfoot, is that what it is? Or? Expedition, Expedition Bigfoot. Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah. Now, they got that thermal hit, and they did the, like, stick figure thing, trying to map out the body. Right. Now, if it, if it actually was a Bigfoot, that thing was big and bulky. That would be like the Patterson-Gimlin one. And here's the thing. Didn't they have a primatologist that said, after he analyzed it, said, I see the arm swinging. Yes. The bulk of it. Says, you got a primate who's out of its place. Yeah, he and said. And a big one. He said, this, you have a great ape that's far away from its natural home. Right. And you got a primatologist saying this. Uh, so you people that want proof and depend on science, there you go. Right. Is he a liar? Yeah, I, I I don't think he's a liar, but people could make the argument either way. But he believes what he saw was uh, a primate. Well, I'm I'm and like you said, not to get off the subject, but I'm going to believe him. Look at taking it back to uh, searching for Bigfoot. 
Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot. I always say searching, <laughs> but finding Bigfoot. When they did the thermal of the one up in the Hamas, one we don't know what that one, but that was a great thermal. And whatever was walking through those woods late at night, it was huge. Yeah, it was. And so... Was it a squatch? We'll never know. They're so elusive. I mean, people see them. Do we have proof? Not definitive, other than thousands of eyewitnesses. Right. Now, there's a lot of video out there now, a lot of pictures, but, you know, you have to take some of it with a grain of salt. You could almost kind of pick out the hoaxes, and some hoaxes are so blatant, you're like, really, dude? Yeah, some of them you're like, no, that, this is But some bullshit. of them make you think. You watch it a few times, and you think, hey, there, there could be something there. Right, okay. Let's take it back to, we both have seen the video of, who, who's the man that recently died? That he, Oh, uh, is it a Freeman? Paul, Paul Freeman? Freeman. Paul Freeman. Now, his video, when he's looking at Prince, and then, he stumbles across one I'm, that's authentic that's some good footage yeah, I don't care what anyone says that's authentic and seeing that tells me that these creatures are real those that say oh it's just bullshit and it's stories made up right I'm like no I, I don't think so and we take it back to our own experiences yes so we, we know they exist we've heard them haven't smelled them, haven't been that close to them, but we've definitely heard them and we know they're around. Now, we were on the subject of the big thicket and how they're aggressive down there. Yes. So aggressive, and I don't know why. But then we read about stories in the Northwest, uh, a particular story where uh, there was a miner and he was up in the Northwest. Uh, and I, not even the Northwest. I believe it was like in the Colorado Rockies. He was mining for gold. While well, he got injured, got sick, and the story goes that he supposedly was having visions, thinking, am I seeing what I'm seeing? But there was a squatch on the ridge above him that would throw rocks at him. And he seen it, and he said he finally caught fever and passed out and when he came to the squatch had carried him to safety basically went and got him food from the stream fish yeah. he basically nourished him and carried him all the way all the way back miles he carried him and he put him at the base of uh there were supposedly a couple that were camping in a bus yeah. in the mountains and the squatch rattled the bus they came out and they found this guy have you ever heard of that? I have, but uh, yeah, how do you explain that? That's what I'm saying. We go from aggressive squatches that are going to rip you apart and, and possibly just kill you to stories of a squatch that had compassion for right. maybe a human because they're like, you look like me. Right. Now, we could. there's a couple of theories that I've heard. Now... Of course, they say they're just like people. That everyone has different personalities. But could like a whole clan of them be aggressive, have the same kind of mindset? But which, which brings me back to the Native American stories that we heard about the different clans, the colored ones. Like right. the brown are pretty passive, as where the red ones are aggressive. Aggressive. So, well, then that leads me to believe that maybe they're the red ones down in the big that's thicket. That's possible. Maybe that's their breeding ground. And, and yeah, right. We went, not too long ago, we went to, uh, what was it, uh, the the Squatch. In Hamish Springs. Yeah, the Hamish Springs Little Squatch Festival. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there was a story told to us, and it was told to them supposedly by a, a native woman mm-hmm. who explained during she was an old, old woman because she was alive during the time, the early I guess 1900s when when the tribes were getting resettled and the right. government was hunting the tribes they, down. They, they were forcing them under reservations. Right, they were forcing. And some of the men left so that they could fight. And they were up on the Navajo reservation up in the Chuska Mountains. Yeah, I believe that's what it was. And a hard winter hit. And when the men finally came back, to make a long story short, uh, they asked them, you know, we thought you guys would all be dead. You had no food. No water. The winter was hard. How did you survive? And she said that the squatches would lay deer carcasses there for them to pick up so that they could survive. So you see where I'm going? Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, there's the compassionate ones right there again. Right. Now, in the big thicket, maybe they're not uh, really in tune to nature or the Sasquatch or living in harmony. Maybe. The people I'm talking. And uh, whereas like in the Chuska Mountains, the Native Americans have lived side by side with them for since the beginning of their of time, you know, their stories. Right. I, and you, that's a good point because all the stories from the Natives and anyone who was raised with Native relatives and they talk about seeing a squatch. The elders tell them they're our brothers. When you see one, just leave it, let it. Respect it. Respect. Let it go its way. You go your way. Yeah. And and that could be so. Yeah. And not not to sound racial or anything, but yeah, we got we got the Caucasian population down in Texas who who came in and not only. Right, no. Ravage the natives, but right? But no, but there are also a bunch of hunters too down there. There, there so, you go. so maybe they're over hunting. Well, that's that's true too. I, and and let's take it back respectfully because it's proven the natives only hunted what they needed. Right. And you know, a creature like Sasquatch out in the wilderness, <coughs> they're going to see that and they're going to respect that. Right. But when you come and you you take and take and take, they're like, going to say, "Whoa!" Like Buffalo Bill. Right. Well, is that the one that uh, kept the people in the hole, or that's a different... Oh, that's a different Buffalo Bill. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one where Clarice was asked if the lambs are still crying. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, and you know, it's... And, and I, I could see an intelligent creature like Squatch seeing things like that. Of course, that may upset him, because not only are you just killing to kill... I mean, that upsets anyone that wants to live in harmony with nature. Right. Because and, and not only that, you're you're cutting their food supply short also. That's, that's a big part of it. It's yeah. like you're taking what we need. Right. And you're right. That could be happening because they're, they're, they hunt a lot down there. Right. And they hunt for sport. And, and that, there's a lot of sport hunting down there. And, and yeah, and, and maybe I could see that setting them off because they're like, you don't even need it. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> you'll take the skin and leave the carcass, right? And I'm so fascinated with the subject of Sasquatch. I mean, we both are. It's kind of it drives us. It's, it, it, it's weird. It does. And and I'm gonna I'm, for you listeners out there. I'm gonna say unless you've heard a scream in the forest that you can't explain, and you've heard singers. 
you've heard people screaming, you've heard children screaming, you've even heard different wild animals screaming if you've been in the forest, but those certain screams let you know that there's something out there that I can't explain. Right. And that that drives me and it may it may be curiosity kills the cat but i right. am curious it, it's just strange cuz uh it, it it's always piqued our interest even back in the day cuz we've heard stories we've heard stories from our own family members that they're credible i believe they're credible uh, right and uh, they lie but once we started going where we go and we've heard what we've heard and seen what we've seen right. i mean it's almost like um it becomes your passion, almost like an addiction, where you, you just want you want to prove you want more proof. I, I think I think what we want is a definitive answer to end our curiosity. Yes, because in our mind, we're I'm I'm sure they're there. I'm positive. I I I have no doubt they're there. But we just want that one clear visual. Yes, and and you know you're right. It it takes me back to my childhood when they had the series in search of, and they did like little episodes, a little skit that they talked about Bigfoot or or the Yeti and the Himalayas, and that that caught my curiosity from the get-go thinking right is this real now, now since you went back to your childhood that when we were young that was our first uh bigfoot experience right when we went camping we in went McAfee. camping yeah we're there's uh in the zuni mountains just uh what is it maybe in uh southeast of gallup it's it's if you go if you go east of gallup you're going to drive 12 miles, and then there's a turnoff that says McGaffey, and that's in the Cibola National Forest. Yes. And then from there, you drive back maybe 10 miles into it, the it, forest. It's not that far. It's, yeah, it's... But bo- we used to go camping, and... Right. It, it's a nice, peaceful... It's not too terribly far from the city, but you are up in the mountains in the forest. And you are secluded. Yes. And... uh one time we happened to be camping there, then we started hearing screams. It was about dawn, about dawn. And, yeah, at first you thought, is, is someone killing a cow? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. We heard those screams. And I'll be truthful. After we heard those screams, we used to walk. There's a trail by the campground, and it, you could hike. It was about two miles to yeah. the to the ranger station. Yes. I used to get scared to walk. After I heard those screams, I used to get scared. I always wanted, like, someone to have a gun or something. Cause, right. Because walking up there, it was kind of creepy, and I always felt like something's watching me. I yeah. didn't feel right when we would go. Yes, and, and possibly something was. That's why that day, that day we heard the screams, I remember my dad and our uncles, they grabbed their rifles, and they started walking in the forest, yep. and they screamed again, and they came back. They're like, nope. Pack it up. Let's go. And, and we did. They were like, nah. Yeah, they did grab the rifles, and you're right. They looked, and they said, no, nope, it's time to go. Let's pack it up. Yep. So maybe they knew something we didn't. Yeah. Yep. But, but we did. We packed it up, and we got out of Dodge. Yep. So the topic, if it interests you and you're listening to this, I'm sure it does, you decide for yourself uh, are the ones in the big ticket aggressive because people encroach on their land and the ones up north are free to roam with and 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 i get it that we do have hunters up there 
But you're right. The land is encroached on a lot in Texas because it's a big state, but compared to the Northwest, they got more free land to roam. Right. And like I said, they might be their their migration path may have been cut off and that's, or, or severely narrowed. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of deer down there, too. So yeah. I know they got plenty of food. Right. I know they do. They do, but, I mean, if they're stuck in one area, like it'd be like backed into a corner, right? It'd get frustrating. they probably have cabin fever because it's like you getting locked in your room. Yeah, because yeah. before maybe they migrated up north and back and forth, and now like, whoa, we can't, we can't leave. Right. I, I could see that. I could see that. But I, I guess we'll really never know. But I always wondered, ever since I heard the stories about the big thicket, and there's a lot out there, many stories, that they're they're violent like that. And I've heard stories about people encountering them in Kentucky and in Tennessee and the Smoky Mountains and, and everywhere. But the stories, they're not like... The stories not, are not the like big, the big thicket, no. no. For some reason, the ones down there, they're aggressive. Yeah, we're going to have to uh, research it more, check the geography. Yeah. And yeah. see. Because, like, even here in the Hamas, you know, they could get d- up to the mountains, uh, probably all the way up Colorado, all the way to Canada. And I, I think that's what they do. They use that mountain range, and because the game trails, and like where we pick to post up and we yeah. camp. There's a game trail right up on that and, mountain. And it's it's the same thing every time we have an experience. I believe they're passing through those game trails when they see us. Probably. Because on the ridges, it starts with knocking back and forth. They're like, hey, the idiots are back. Right. They're down there. They're, they're like, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's usually how it starts. And they end up going past us, I believe. They They probably do, but they definitely have let us know we're here. Yeah. In, in case you, in case you want to venture past, we're yeah. here now. Uh, they they probably do, but a, a park ranger was asked there, and you you know this uh, if they if they were there, and they straight up said yes, a brother and sister. Right now, maybe they stay all year round because they, over here. What in November or something? They close it off after the hunting season. Yeah, no, no, it's it's no, not even they close it off before. So after Memorial, I'd say late October. Well, yeah, maybe. So, but it everything is locked up. You, you could travel the main roads, of course, because there's uh, residential areas and you know just going through to the next city or whatever. But uh, as far as camping, the trails, most of it's locked up. I, I'm gonna say ninety percent of it's locked up. Yeah, so they have the run of the the place all winter yeah. without having to see a human and i don't think hunting is allowed in the hamas mountains there no okay. no um when i was hunting it was predominantly like up in the taos area there's certain locations to where where you draw for a hunt here in new mexico yeah you can't just go hunt anywhere right there's certain locations like when you draw your tag they'll, yes. they'll tell you what what what, what, air, what your zone is yes that's where you have to hunt and it was down south uh up north uh but no, I, I think the Hamas is off limits. I don't know of anyone going to the okay. Hamas. I'm, I'm going to have to find out because that's a good question. Right. Now, maybe the the tribe maybe could hunt there? 
maybe because they they may have rights right know? and that's probably why they do it the tribe hunts there but but i'll have to research that but that brings something to my mind i know we could hunt down toward reserve yes and i'll bet there's squatches down there because well yeah you think there would be but now i don't hear stories i don't hear stories from mount taylor either no but now do you think there's uh, food and water to support a a clan yeah so when when i was hunting let's say down in uh the i i would go down to like reserve that area mm-hmm. and uh that's we would pick the area because the mule deer what we have in this state yeah that's one of their migration routes from okay. like down toward mexico they come up that way yeah and they migrate up from there so and yeah we always saw mule deer there so that i i wonder and i've never heard of a bigfoot story down there yeah i've never heard one like i said in mount taylor either but now can you get to other mountain ranges from mount taylor or is that pretty much locked off no i i I think you can from mount taylor i definitely know from down there in reserve kimado area you could get to different mountain ranges Uh, yeah and and that is all nothing but mountain ranges yeah so yeah i could see but but it's weird because i i work with a lot of hunters you know they hunt in taylor not a single story but then again uh the majority of hunters don't because i believe the bigfoot are intelligent enough to know what uh, a a rifle or a bow can do because they've seen hunters and and i believe so yeah and they know what it is they they know what that boom stick is yep yeah and and they know what man can do with it yeah and they know man can be irresponsible with it now before we go i'm gonna talk uh, about one more thing and uh that's i heard a story about we're talking the north northwest uh about a bigfoot that got hit so supposedly there was a trucker Mm -hmm. and he hit a bigfoot that was on the side of the road it was crossing and he hit it while he pulled over supposedly the bigfoot stood there right and uh it, it was like crying out because I, supposedly from what, what i remember of the story like the hips were were done right it, you know, a semi hit it yeah so they told that person they called the state police they told them back up give them room and they went in and kind of treated the bigfoot but it makes me think and they say that there were probably others waiting to scoop it up and take it but the driver of the truck supposedly said fishing game and all these different organ uh departments came in from the state state police fishing game and and they like quarantined the area and they treated it you know yeah and took it away so my thing is knowing all this knowing we have aggressive ones we have pacifist ones do we have one in captivity? You know what? I Now, some animals, wild animals, won't live in ca- captivity very right. long. Now, they might be one of them. Now, um, I'm almost positive that they have had some in their custody. Now, do they have some that are alive today? I don't know. I don't know. Have they studied them? Just uh, like when we went to this uh, Hamish Springs at a Bigfoot the, uh, the, convention, they, they talked about uh, a native lady where they left the baby on the porch. Then she called the authorities and they took the baby. Right. 
I tried. She said she called and all the black SUVs showed up and and they took they took it from her. Yeah. So that makes me think. Do we have one in custody? Do we have one? And I shouldn't say custody because it's not in jail. Well, technically it is. Technically, yeah. well, it technically it is. But are do they? Does the government have one? What? Or several that they're looking at, studying, researching, and if they've died, dissecting. Uh, I'm sure, Now that I'm thinking, I've heard stories, but I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, that could be another uh, podcast because I've heard stories about how the government wanna, wanted at one time to capture one because of they want to figure out how they could just disappear when you're tracking them. Right. And, and they, they believe they may know some kind of cloaking device or something. And they'd like to use it for military purposes. Right. Like of, of course. I got it. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Our focus was on the big ticket. If you ever researched it or heard about it, you decide. Why are they so violent down there? So aggressive when in other parts of the country they're elusive and want to be left alone. Right. Yeah. And let us know. Let us know if you have any stories, especially from the big thicket. Right. Let us know. Maybe we could get you hooked up on the phone or send us your story if you wouldn't mind us sharing it. We'll, we'll read it or we'll talk to you live. We'll figure it out. And you can do that by emailing us at late night with Larry 55 at gmail.com. That's one word, late night with Larry, 55 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Thank you.